Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Hey, Jordan Harbinger here. Subscribe to the only show that will show you how to apply the world's greatest ideas from the most striking minds. After presenting more than a thousand interviews, I couldn't be more compelled to introduce you to the Jordan Harbinger Show. We've got spies and CEOs, athletes and authors from Kobe Bryant to Malcolm Gladwell, Tony Hawk and Howie Mandel to the chairman of Google, founders of LinkedIn and Instagram, antiquities smugglers, con men, brilliant scientists, national heroes, and even the head of the CIA. Listed as Apple's best of 2018 and countless other awards that, let's be honest, you probably don't care about right now. So come and have a listen for yourself and join me as we exploit the superpowers of the world's most incredible thinkers, amazing achievers, and iconic change makers with their insights delivered right into your mind. You'll get that blueprint of their brilliance each week so that you can learn to live what you listen. Subscribe right now to The Jordan Harbinger Show, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you're listening now. Napa know-how. This month, Napa's got all kinds of motor oil deals that can save you some serious cash, like a five-quart jug of Napa Full Synthetic Motor Oil for just $16.49. With savings like that, you may start feeling like a VIP, but don't let it go to your head. These oil deals are for everyone. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Know-how. General states pricing. Sales price does not include applicable state local taxes or recycling fees. Offer ends 831.20. On today's show, what are things looking like for Netflix in the Disney Plus world? Then we've got some bundle information if you want Disney, Hulu, and ESPN Plus. And then Black Adam. Not only did we get a first poster, but the movie has a release date. Happy Friday, everyone. Welcome to Collider Movie Talk. We've got a big lineup for you today, but we are also going to save a whole bunch of time for your live Twitter questions and your live chat questions. So I'm going to tell you right now, start sending those in. Catch Dorian's attention and maybe we'll answer them on the show today. And I get to answer all those questions and talk about these topics with Jeff Snyder and Jay Washington. Have you guys ever done a show together? A movie yeah. talk yeah, together? Yeah, we've done a movie talk okay. together. All three of us have done one together. Okay, okay. Yeah. I wasn't sure if that had happened before. No, this has happened before. It's I feel happened. like now I just always assume Fridays are uh, you and Donato and you're on Thursday. Yeah, it's true. Okay. Yeah, this is true. Now I'm here on Friday. I like, how, I like how it worked out. Everything yeah, as worked do out I. for the best. As do I. I will eventually wake up. <laughs> I will eventually wake up. What are you, are you drinking enough caffeine? Uh, they, this has like at least two extra shots. Okay. So hope to God it we works. We got a fancy new espresso machine. You should try that. I can't figure out how do to work. Do we really? In the office? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. We, we tried to make it happen last night. I think I Wendy get, and Thad combined got it to work. Does it make hot chocolate, Thad? <laughs> I didn't get a memo about this. I would have saved my money. If I'd have known there was an espresso machine in the office. Give it a go. Makes all the difference. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's get into this first story here. So Ted Sarandos recently uh, spoke about what's going on over at Netflix. And now that Disney is uh, out and about with Disney Plus, he downplayed Netflix's concerns about the launch of Disney Plus. And I also want to share two quotes regarding what they're going to do to kind of, I don't even want to use the term battle because that's not how he's looking at it. So he says, for us, nothing really changes. They are great at what they do. They're great storytellers. It is great to have competition. Great, great, great. Now we're going to move on to the second quote here. There is a lot of viewing that comes from licensed content from other people because there is a lot of it. And for a while, it was all we had. So what they're looking to do right now is they're going to make more original programming so that all of this licensed material doesn't leave them completely empty when it goes back to all these other companies who are now starting their own streaming services. Do you guys think this is the right approach? And do you also agree with the idea that with the streaming services, it's going to be an all boats rise kind of scenario? Or is that just wishful thinking? I think all boats do rise, especially with Netflix, because they just announced they're going to partner with Nickelodeon. So how best do you compete with Disney Plus than getting all of the old school Nickelodeon shows and saying you're going to bring original content with that and bring some of the stuff back? I don't think I think that first this first two years of the whole streaming thing are going to be pivotal. That'll that's that's who you'll see who will survive all this. Netflix has been doing their own original programming. So they this isn't anything new. 
Like, it's not a shock to anybody. They've had a bunch of shows that get canceled, a bunch of shows that become successful. Their documentaries are great. So, like, Netflix is good where they are. I don't, I don't think anything's wrong with it. Well, I, I think that they have been planning for something like this for a little while mm. now. But the fact that Disney Plus opened up with 10 million subscribers, I mean, that in a flash makes it one of the biggest streaming services But you know what's going to happen. I mean, yeah, I, think, of course. I think that's the thing. Everybody is shocked and surprised by the number. Like, they got 10 million subscribers in one day. Like, it's Disney Plus. Everybody knew what was coming on it. It's no shock. It, it's literally no shock. Now it's like, how many people do they retain? Which we won't get a number from that. You know what I'm saying? Because eventually people are like, I don't want this anymore. Some people will fall off. Well, we even discussed it when we were talking about the app download numbers is that, you know, there are certain special deals out there that are giving people Disney Plus for free. You don't know how many people are actually going to become legit subscribers. Exactly. That's the thing. They're not saying 10 million paid subscribers. They're saying there's 10 million subscribers, which is (laughs) a big difference. It is. How do you uh, view all this shaking out, Jeff? Is there going to be a time when certain streaming services are kind of cut by the competition or are they all going to be able to exist in their own spaces? I mean, I don't know if they'll all last and if they do they may operate at a loss um you know i'm sure one of these streaming services whether it ends up being peacock or paramount network could it could go the way of like a crackle which sony has but seems to just like forget about like they're, they're kind of like sitting the streaming wars out sony and they're like fine we'll, we'll sell you all our movies to all these different services 10 10 million at launch is, is no doubt an impressive figure for disney plus but i don't think that netflix really needs to sweat it i think that like even when you look at like movies, uh, Disney had forty percent market share, right? Like mm-hmm. last year, that's still sixty percent of the market that you know uh, is for adults or people who don't you know want to watch Disney stuff. So while they do have great content uh, at launch on Disney Plus, I think that Netflix offers a a wide variety of stuff that caters to like a whole bunch of different kinds of consumers. It's also very global. Uh, they're investing a lot in the international programming. Um, they're going to have multiple Best Picture nominees. Like, mm. and, and and does Disney Plus have a new Michael Bay movie with Ryan Reynolds coming out in a month? No. Did you see that, that poster, was, though? Wait, that was <laughs> the you, Have you looked at the Six Underground poster? No, there's a poster. It's it's not a good poster. I, I enjoyed that trailer. I'm excited that, for that movie. That trailer felt more like a teaser trailer to me than a full trailer, but I was fine with it. I had fun with it. I still can't understand why they would spend the money on something like that, but they did just release a brand new poster. You guys should go Google it. I think it's on Collider.com as well, but it is like the quintessential example of like a botched Photoshop job. <laughs> it's like a little ridiculous looking. Hey, I buy it. Of course. So with the the whole Netflix situation, where do you think that they should be oh, putting no. their... Oh, no. You looked? Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, that's just... Oh, that's just sad. Yeah. Oh, that's... That's what happens when you have a whole bunch of famous faces and you just desperately want them in the same poster. And image. you forgot to do the poster and you were like, damn it. It's almost like anti-marketing. <laughs> you like, damn it, I got to do a poster it's real quick. It's crazy, too, that we're talking about the Black Adam poster later. It's like, shouldn't everyone just call Boss Logic if they want a really good design? Like, he could have done a great version of that. <laughs> he could have did a way better version of this. I mean, but somebody just was like, all right, I'd learned Photoshop two weeks ago. Clean this. That's what this looks like. Like All I'm the- saying is Disney, I mean, they have The Mandalorian. They have some uh, new movies like Lady and the Tramp and Noel. But for the most part, it's library stuff. Yep. It's stuff you've seen before. And I think that, uh, you know, Netflix, obviously Disney Plus is ramping up its production efforts. But Netflix um, has a whole bunch of content just constantly coming. Mm-hmm. And even still, even with, like you said, with Disney Plus's content, like you brought up earlier, it's for a certain demographic. Right. Netflix is for everybody. Yes. Like, if you want to see R-rated type violence and blood and guts or even more sensual stuff, you're going to get that at Netflix. You're definitely not getting that at Disney Plus. I feel like we should just weave in the second topic right now because that's like my follow-up to that kind of comment is this bundle that was just announced. So they just announced the bundle for Disney Plus Hulu and also ESPN Plus and what it's going to cost you is I believe 12.99 a month which is the equivalent of a standard Netflix mm-hmm. account that is a lot of material for the same exact price that also gets you into different genres and different types of programming so does that change the game competition wise can Netflix lose out because Disney because Disney isn't just Disney Plus it's also this like huge umbrella that covers so much content out there it takes away, I mean, a lot of people, it takes away people paying an individual subscription for Hulu, for sure. But we brought this up early before we started, we went on air. Hulu with live TV is a big thing. 
So for a lot of people who have Hulu with live TV, is that option available? That's something that people got to find out. I tried to look that up mm-hmm. and there was no there was no information when I followed through. And I actually hit the, the landing page mm-hmm. for putting in your credit card information and upping your account. And it still didn't clarify that. I would have had to have called to find out See. the answer and was not doing that this morning. <laughs> Jeff, you're not a Disney Plus subscriber, right? Not yet. Okay. Not yet, but I what, am a Hulu guy. I'm a big Hulu supporter. What are you into on Hulu? Um, well, is it I, mostly like their original programming, or is it some other feature? Yeah, there's not that much original programming that I would say that I watch. Every now and then, they they have something really good, like The Looming Tower. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I would say for the most part, I use it to watch broadcast shows a day later. So I watch uh, Law and Order: Special Victims Unit, The Goldbergs. I watch a lot of Seinfeld still on it. You know, like that's what I'm using Hulu for. So what's the plan for a possible Disney Plus subscription in the future? What specifically are you waiting well, for? I'm, what could change Yeah, like tune? now I'm paying for, for Hulu. I guess I could pay the same amount that I'm paying now and, and just add on Disney Plus and ESPN Plus. I guess I'm going to do that bundle. But it's like I, I barely know how to take advantage of all these different offers and, and where to go to sign up for them and et cetera. I don't know. This one seems kind of black and white to me. It's like you ju- you sign up and you get more than you would over at Netflix. And that's the that's the thing that I do wonder. I would love someone to do a proper uh, study out mm-hmm. there to answer the question, how many streaming services does the, the average uh, consumer actually well, Remember, purchase? we talked about that when we were break, breaking them all down yeah. at first at one point because you have so many. Like Peacock, I don't think too many people are getting Peacock. Let's just be honest. I don't think too... There are people who are getting CBS All Access for the Picard series, Star Trek, Disco- Star Trek yeah, Discovery, right, is it? Twilight Zone. Yeah, the Twilight Zone, <laughs> things like that. But there are certain other ones like people are not going to get... Like HBO Max will give you HBO and Cinemax. Now, if you want to be a Showtime subscriber, you're going to get that but then if you want to add on stars when you go into cable elements but as far as tv live tv itself i think that's an issue too when it comes to disney plus does hulu give you the live tv option because a lot of people again the cut the cord the no cable this way i don't have to watch it if i have live tv i'm good so what specifically are you watching on live tv other than football games other than other than sports other than sports uh look i need viacom to step the game up so i can watch my bet and vh1 and mtv because they have reruns of the jamie fox show fresh prince of bel-air and martin which are must watches okay um what else an occasional guys grocery games you know certain things you know you want to watch uh chopped um, so like my my brother my and my family they they still have cable yeah uh, and, and they're paying every month so I use their cable logins to watch football via like you know like mm. NBC's live app or whatever okay I'm watching a little football at this point but the thing that I like to have access to on live TV is is news I do like having access too, yeah. to local news that's the last thing I, I mean I don't know there's like I know we can get all that stuff on the internet now on Twitter and whatnot but there is something I don't know I've always I've always been very into just news programming mm-hmm. and I always like wanted to go in that direction. So there's something about it. That's just part of my daily routine. Yeah. Also for me. Yeah. I just thought about it. Fox. I watch. I'm a wrestler. I watch wrestling. I watch the WWE. I watch SmackDown. Fox has to come on a live package. Now FS one is a different thing, but Fox itself you need with a live TV subscription. So if that makes all the difference, how would you apply something like that to the future of Netflix? Do you see Netflix maybe joining forces with some other company, whether it's for Mm. live programming like that or maybe another streaming service that, you know, might need a might need a little help from a bigger company in order to battle this type of bundle? That's where Fox could come in because Fox still has the rights to its uh, sports thing. Yeah, sports. That's it. Netflix could make its own bid for a sports package. This is true. This is very true. They're they're operating on on so much debt already. It's like, why not just just keep keep going? Just keep going. I don't know. It would it would make sense to me. I feel like they need they need to get into they need to at least dip their toe in every single thing that Disney Plus has right now. You have to at this point. I mean, again, you your Netflix and your Netflix and Nickelodeon is one thing. You're set with that. That's the Nickelodeon ma- thing is very appealing See, to me. that's your instant matchup to Disney Plus right there because everybody's going nostalgic at Chippendale's Rescue Rangers, DuckTales, and Darkwing Duck. That's me personally. Uh, but you have all these. But then now you get Rugrats, Doug, Hey Arnold, all these old Nickelodeon shows with Netflix. Uh, Legends of the Hidden Temple, which I'm hoping they bring back because I want to audition for that. I 
Perry. Can Elizabeth. we be on a team? Yes, we can be the purple okay. parents. We can be the purple parrot, silver snake. I was snakes. more of an orange iguana kind oh, of person. An orange iguana. We can be. It's fine. We can look. We can make these colors happen. I just want to interview. I just want to audition to be the new Kurt Loader. I will wear some khaki cargo shorts, tube socks, and hiking boots. I have my game set for this. Or be the voice of the new old man. Just uh, just do all that. The shrine, the silver monk. I have I have goals for this. But you have all those things that are possible with this part with this pairing up of Netflix and Nickelodeon. You know, Brennan Stimpy is on there now. Wait, Jeff, I'm so curious. I'm so, aggro Craig for life, by the way. Okay, okay. I would be all about uh, the Guts reboot. Uh. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so that is where we stand right now on the whole streaming service situation. Uh, very curious. I'm going to leave it to you guys now. Hit the comments section below. How has your experience been with Disney Plus? Are you wavering between maybe cutting Netflix and just going with Disney Plus? We want to know what you think, too. Right now, though, we got to toss it to some promos for some upcoming content on the Collider Video YouTube channel like this right here. Hey, everyone. John Roca here, the host of Collider Mailbag. New episode drops every Saturday and Sunday in your face and in your ears, answering the questions from you fans about the world of entertainment, film, and television. Me and great guests from our sphere do the best to answer your questions from Twitter, from Instagram, and, of course, email as well every Saturday and Sunday. What's up, Collider fans? Ryan Satin here from ProWrestlingSheet.com, where you can find the top stories throughout the week in the world of professional wrestling. If you're a wrestling fan like myself, then you'd be doing yourself a disservice by not checking out all the shows we do every week on YouTube.com slash C slash Wrestling Sheet. In particular, on Wednesdays, we've got a SmackDown recap show hosted by John Roca and myself, where we pick apart and, and talk about every little thing that happened on the blue brand. So do yourself a favor and go subscribe at youtube.com slash C slash wrestling sheet. <laughs> all right. <laughs> You're right, Jay. You're right. This is like the, the Pteranodon episode all over again. Yeah. You're losing it. Yeah, but it's Jeff this time, not you. <laughs> <laughs> Got that look on your face. I don't uh, like it, but I do like the fact <clears throat> that they finally uh, gave us a poster and a release date for Black Adam. We've been waiting for this movie for quite some time. Now we have... This beautiful poster right here. I love this concept art uh, that was officially shared, as was this release date, December 22nd, 2021. If that time of year sounds familiar for a DC movie, that is when right around when Aquaman mm -hmm. hit theaters and made a ton of money. So first, just briefly, what do you think about this po poster? Was this the way to kind of kick off this movie's run and make this announcement? Yep. Plain and simple. Yep. Yep. <laughs> You like it, Jeff? Or you I, I thought it looked pretty cool. I, I I do think it looked awesome. It didn't really like look like The Rock for a second. I had to like look closer and like I don't know. He looks different. Well, you gotta mold meld the both what Black Adam actually looks like and then The Rock. And then when you put that little soul patch on the top of his head, then you like good. Uh, um, yeah, he does look good. Let me tell you something though. So I dressed uh -huh. up as a superhero for Halloween. Who a superhero of sorts, anyways? What were you? Weed man. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. I dressed as weed man, and I put on my green booties, okay? What is with superheroes and these booties? Can we scan down to these booties? He's got these yellow boots. Like I, Those actual boots. They, 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 gotta, just... they gotta get rid of these slipper things. I don't know. That's not a slipper thing. Look, I mean, that's, those look like, those those are are like characters have always boots. had those. They've always had those. Yeah, I, I think we need new footwear. I, no, like, they're, they're like slim to the legs, so they're not like bulky, and they don't slow you down. And I bet you anything, those are waterproof in case, awesome. you know, you can't he's, sell he's dealing these in with the store, though. Why aren't they selling they superhero do. boots they like, do. like NBA shoes? You can buy them. Talk to Mike well, Kalinowski. You can, but they're not like selling. Like, talk to Mike Kalinowski. He LeBron has, a has his own shoe. Batman should have his own shoe that you can like buy Batman, and actually well, wear Batman around. And it's realistic. From some company out there has his own sneaker. I mean, there's tons of companies out there that are making official Star Wars Batman sneakers that are wears, awesome. Batman wears tactical boots. What are you talking about? You can get those from Target. What are you talking about? Well, the yellow booties on Dwayne the Rock Johnson. I don't love them. Uh, I would like to see some meaner footwear. Beyond that, I think I thought it looked pretty good. You want to see? You want to see Black Adam like and Air Max? Criticism I imagine someone saying right now. Black Adam and Air Maxes, Air Force Ones. That's what Let, let's talk a little bit about this release date here because, yeah, it's a really good thing to want to recreate the success of Aquaman because that was a huge box office success for this franchise. But looking at the release calendar for that time of year, 
the weekend before, you've got Avatar 2, which we know, I don't think we really know what to make of that right now. I think it's going to make a good deal of money, mm-hmm. but is it going to be as big as the first one? That could be a reach here. Mm-hmm. Then going up against Black Adam, you have the fourth Hotel Transylvania movie and also the previously announced, but I don't know if it's still happening, Wicked movie. So who knows what's going on with that? And then the weekend uh, after, or actually Christmas Day, is a movie called Babylon starring Emma Stone and Brad Pitt. So is that a good time of year for this movie to hit or is there too much competition already? The only competition is Avatar 2. It's the only competition. Hotel Transylvania has its own market. That's going to make the money. It's going to make by itself. But Avatar 2 is one that you want to go right behind it. I would not be surprised if Warner Brothers, granted the date, like I said before, this is me being a conspiracy theorist. The palindrome date means something. This is just me being a conspiracy theorist. But what is the conspiracy? Now I want to know know. what it means. No, I just want to find, because again, with the Egyptian lore and everything of the lore of Black Adam, got to do a lot of research on that. I'll get back to you if I figure something out. (laughs) But I think I wouldn't be surprised knowing about Avatar 2 when it comes out before. You want Black Adam to make as much as it can. I wouldn't be surprised if they try to move it up. I would not be surprised. I think it's all going to depend on what the tone of this movie is. Is it of a piece with Shazam or is it a little bit grittier and darker? So that's the thing, too. Like, it is like similar to Shazam. Originally, it was supposed to be an anti-hero movie. But in the post that Dwayne Johnson put up, he called him a superhero, which is a completely different take what? on Black Adam. Because Black Adam originally is a villain. He's the main bad guy to Shazam. He's evil as all hell. But now he's going to do the anti-hero version. But then in his post, he kept calling him a superhero. And I'm like... Yeah, it's just the way he highlighted and, and capitalized superheroes. I forget the exact words he used, but I thought he was talking about superheroes in general. No, no, he, he was talking about them. He talked about how he idolized Superman and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he even called Black Adam, he was like a special type of superhero. Hmm. And that was, that was unique to me because of what the character is. So I'm like, how are we going thematically with this movie? I don't know. The gist, the gist that I got from that post, which I kind of really appreciate, is the fact that he points out that, you know, super Superman is an incredible superhero. But he was liking the idea of, you know, someone with like more uh, like some character flaws, right. which makes for a, a really interesting story, I think. So I don't know. Antihero seems like the way to go. I have a feeling this is going to be a little darker than Shazam, but I'm assuming that a time is going to come when these two movies converge. So it's got to have a little touch of what that movie did. I mean, this is John McCallitzera, right? Who's yeah. going to be directing mm-hmm. this? So like, he, he has a, a history of, of some dark stuff, like House of Wax, right? couple of other uh, genre films. I love House of Wax too much. But he's also like doing the Jungle Cruise movie. So he's moved into kind of uh, safer family fare. So yeah, I I don't know what this is going to be. This would hint at a darker. I just want The Rock as a villain. You could say something like that about Sandberg too with Shazam. It's like he had a history of just doing horror. And then all of a sudden we got, I I thought, a very family friendly superhero movie Mm -hmm. with that one scene. I was just about to say, remember that one scene? He made sure you got that horror element because that one was like, whoa, this was unexpected. For so, those who didn't see the movie. Back to box office really yeah. quick. What do you think this movie's chances thus far? I know it's very early, but what do you think its chances are of getting more Aquaman success? Or at this point, are you guys believing that Avatar could be the next big, yet again, box office smash hit? I mean, a- Avatar is a big question mark because you're right. I, I, it is one of the biggest movies of all time. But at the same time, I don't sense that appetite. I feel like the the moment, like people went to see Avatar because of the technology. Mm-hmm. Really, it wasn't because of Sam Worthington or the story. It was James Cameron and the effects. Mm-hmm. And now that we've seen those in that world, I don't know that the want to see will be quite as high. Except it's James Cameron, so I'm sure there's going to no be no one turned out for this Terminator movie there's either. Gonna, with his well, name on it. he wasn't the director on it. I no. feel like the second he directs something, and also it's like this new Avatar movie, it's not going to obviously be showing off, you know, the same tech as the last one in a new fashion. But he's adding more to it. There's going to be more things that he does in that movie that no one's done before. But can you say that the anticipation has died down for that? Because a lot of people remember it's like, oh, we won't get Avatar 2 till he gets the technology to do Avatar 4. And it's like, yo, just give us the sequel already. I've been one of the biggest Avatar naysayers for years. I mean, I got the biggest laugh every single time these movies got pushed back and back and back. But I feel like now that this this date is locked. This movie is hitting theaters on that date. And I just get the feeling that, I don't know, that that interest is going to creep back in. You don't have one of the biggest box office releases of all time and just have anticipation fizzle out like A that. A lot has changed, though. I, I don't know. And I don't think that Black Adam has to worry about those other movies like Wicked or Babylon. Is Wicked uh, even happening? What is with Wicked? Is it? Jeff. 
I want to know the an- I love so I'm not I wasn't I lived in New York for how many years and I barely saw like any Broadway productions which is a, a shame I got obsessed with Wicked for a while. You and every Lo- you and every other woman I met at NYU. Exactly. <laughs> that, there was su- there was something about it, and I've wanted that movie for so so long, and I still don't believe it's going to happen. Um, I think I think that we are getting closer to a Wicked movie. Okay, I like that. I like having a little hope in my life. <laughs> That's so sweet. That's so sweet. All right. Before we go into your live chat questions, I did want to do a little bit of a box office preview with you guys because there's a ton of stuff coming out. There's also maybe a certain embargo that's just lifted where some of us have seen the movie. But first, for the big new releases of the weekend, who here has seen Ford v. Ferrari? Not not I. What say you about Ford v. Ferrari? I thought it was absolutely terrific. I thought it was just a rip-roaring ride and a piece of old, uh, like a great piece of old school entertainment, uh, thanks to a couple winning performances by Christian Bale, Matt Damon, um, James Mangold. Just he knows how to make these crowd pleasing mainstream movies, and he had another home run with this one. I mean, as cheesy as it sounds, if you want to go on a ride at the movies, this that's that is what it feels like. I'll tell you, I was sitting in uh, sitting in my seat at that (laughs) TIFF premiere, and before. Or I knew it. it. Like it gets so intense. It's like you're gripping your uh, your your armrests, oh, wow. and you don't realize until like the action dies down and you let go that like what was I doing this entire time? It's it, it's riveting. Um, am I the only one who has seen Charlie's Angels? Yes. You're probably the only one who's okay. going to go see Charlie's Angels up here. That yeah, Sad- I am curious. The reviews sadly maybe changed my mind, but from a box office perspective, I think that's probably true because it's yep. tracking bad, bad, bad. But I am very pleasantly surprised that it. Uh, you know, I really liked it from a quality perspective. Because I remember how you talked about it. <laughs> I know. I remember when we saw the trailer. You were like, I had no, <laughs> I had no faith in that movie whatsoever. Yeah. I thought those were terrible trailers. But I think the the actual movie itself. You know, I'm still not behind Elizabeth. Banks as a unique director where I can look at that movie and say nobody could direct that quite like Elizabeth Banks. I think she does a serviceable job. I just have no clue what her style is yet, which, mm. you know, I, I want to learn more about that if she's going to continue working behind the lens. But the three of them are just undeniable. They're, it's like so charming, so much fun to watch them. It's it's a good time. Oh, okay. So, so that leaves... One more, one more Maybe wide we'll release. See it after this, Jay. No, I won't. Maybe we'll play hooky. No, you will. Uh, <laughs> you won't put me in that category, sir. No, you will not. The Good Liar. You saw I the saw Good Liar. It. I so I was really looking forward to this movie. I thought the trailers just looked delicious. Matt Goldberg gave it a great review. I think I on, on Collider. Did. Didn't quite work for me, just because I feel like the audience is ten steps ahead of this movie. It's like if you've. You'd only be fooled by this movie if you've never seen a movie before. Um, I think it's ten steps ahead, except for like one particular plot point that I'm like, "Whoa! Like, where did that come from? You didn't earn that." Yeah, I I don't want to say anything, you know, too too much for fear of spoiling it. Yeah, um, because you really can only enjoy this movie if you're going in blind. I think, uh, in a sense. But it, it wasn't bad. Like, it's fun to watch Ian McKellen and Helen Mirren do their thing. But it didn't quite work for me. Yeah. All right. So of the uh, of the three, Ford v Ferrari seems to be getting the most love. Yeah. What What's your top priority this weekend? Ford v Ferrari. Okay. Yeah. Smart move. Um, we just, want I'm actually all for, only because I'm all for seeing Christian Bale do a movie with his regular voice. I'm all for that because a lot of people didn't know that was his voice. Wait, what? A lot of people didn't know that he has an actual... He's Australian. Well, oh, he's yeah, Welsh. No, he's no, Welsh. I know that. A, a lot of people who, like, not in the industry, not do, you know, study movies a lot, not a lot of cinephiles know that he's Welsh. Right. Okay. So when they hear him talk with this regular accent, they're like, where, where did this come from? All like, right, it was no, a shock when we fair. found out Idris Elba was British. You know, because he was Stringer Bell, and he was like, Stringer Bell's British? Like, what? So that's what I'm interested <laughs> in seeing. I want to talk about one more limited release uh, this weekend before we get into an upcoming one, Waves. You've seen Waves. Yeah, I thought Waves was okay. I was more into the first half than the second half. Um, the, the performances are strong across the board, mm-hmm. uh, and I think that he's a really good director, Trey uh, Edward Schultz. But the script didn't... It's like two very distinct halves of this movie, and it didn't quite coalesce for me. It it did. They're, they're very distinct, and I can understand why that shift might be very jarring, but I like how those two distinct halves bring out so much of from the opposite side especially i've seen it twice now and i feel like it was even more impactful the second time around when i realized what was happening and you know like smaller details of all the themes that he's exploring here so 
I don't know. I thought I thought it was something else. I think uh, Trey Edward Schultz is kind of one of the the best rising directors out there. And you've been saying it since the beginning of the year. Taylor Russell, she's something else. Um, yeah, she, she's good in this movie. Kelvin Harrison's really good. Sterling K. Brown, like yeah. I said, I, I liked all the performances. Uh, but yeah. I don't know. So you, I guess uh, having seen it doesn't bring it up a couple notches on the, the FYC prediction list for you? Uh, I think, if anything, it'll be an indie spirit thing. Yeah, I yeah. think that Oscar nominations would be hard to come by for that All movie. right. Understandable. We got one more upcoming release to discuss because Queen and Slim just made its AFI premiere last night. So we are allowed to talk about it again. Jeff and I have seen it. Jeff, what would you think of this one? I was a big fan of Queen and Slim. Um, you know, I've re- I read the reviews, the trade reviews this morning, and one of them called it uneven. And I and I can see that you know it's not a perfect movie. There are definitely some flaws, but I thought it, it was a, a kind of beautiful love story, um, and it had a lot to say about race and our society and and our you know uh, our relationship with law enforcement. And the two of them were really good together. Uh, they had good chemistry, Daniel mm-hmm. Kaluuya and uh, and Jody Turner Smith. So. so- I I saw some tonal inconsistencies that kind of just like made me pause and think about it at the beginning of the movie. But once it hits its stride and also some of the some of the little details that, you know, at first I thought might have been flaws or, you know, a lack of character development or something like that wound up, you know, kind of manifesting and becoming stronger in ways that I've never quite seen it before. So I appreciated that they wound up achieving their goal through like a different uh, like a different viewpoint, a different path and a different storytelling technique so this one in the end was was a pretty big winner for me they've been selling it as the as the black bonnie and clyde and i think that that is a little bit misleading i do think it is a little bit more like a thelma and louise type of story but it has a great ending and i've seen a lot of movies this year that have kind of botched their endings or that i didn't care for their Mm -hmm. endings whether it was parasite or once upon a time in hollywood i know you know a lot of people would disagree with me on those fronts um, but I, I didn't love the endings of those movies, which were both otherwise excellent. And I think that Queen and Slim has a really good ending. Mm-hmm. And that's important to send the people out of the audience feeling satisfied. Agreed. I, I really dug the style of the whole thing, too. I think it was a brilliant move to have shot this on film. And there's something about, you know, the style of the photography that's super intimate that I think really helps yes. them. And it's there, there's so much imagery. I mean, even the image on the TV right now, there, there's just so many striking shots of the two of them that are just seared in I your wanna- brain. I want to ask Jay about this. I mean, I feel like this is kind of the rare film where they allow a, a black male lead to be vulnerable. And, and I, I don't get to, I feel like I don't, you don't get to see black men be very vulnerable on you, screen very you, often. You, what do you, you think do is just the films don't get a lot of notoriety. Mm. I think that's the biggest thing. It happens, it happens a lot, more than people give it credit for. But it's just you have a lead like Daniel, Daniel Kaluuya who everybody's like, okay, we got to see this. You have these other leads who people don't care about and things like that, so everybody falls away from the film. So it does happen a lot. And for it to be in this type of film that's getting this type of press and this type of buzz is great. Mm. I am really thinking that this could pop when it uh, hits theaters wide, actually, on November 27th. We were talking about that that Fandango most anticipated of the holiday season poll, and I was kind of surprised, because I, I had been viewing this, even though it's getting a wide release, more as, you know, more as like a limited release as far as like buzz and potential box office returns mm-hmm. go, but that was on a number of their most anticipated categories lists. Like people are really excited to see the two of them to see to see her in her first major leading role in a feature film. And like you said, they're they're incredible together. There's, there's a lot of anger in this country right now, particularly directed towards police. And I think that this movie does a good job of capturing that. All right. So Queen and Slim, if you guys want to see it, hits theaters nationwide on November 27th. Do tell us what you think when you catch the film. As promised, we saved a whole bunch of time for a lot of uh, questions here. So let's start at the very beginning. We have a question from Topper Piano. Did you ever watch a bad movie or TV show just because it has an actor that you like? For me, I'll watch anything Fassbender does, good or bad. So who is your, who's your person oh that no matter what it is, you're going to see what they Samuel do? Samuel L. Jackson. No matter what he okay. does, I'm watching. Because I've watched Formula 51 God knows how many times. Just to watch Samuel L. Jackson with cornrows, a kilt, and named Elmo McElroy is the greatest thing ever. Okay. Uh, Changing Lane, some people have different feelings about that. Uh, Snakes on a Plane, of course, because it's Snakes on a Plane. What do you got, Jeff? Um, I guess someone like Brad Pitt. 
or, or yeah, uh, like not that he does a lot of bad stuff, but yeah. like, I, don't, I think I would see Brad Pitt in anything. I kind of went the opposite route and I started to think of just up and comers that really excite me. Because, you know, when you're first starting out, there's certain situations when you have to, you know, you have to get roles to kind of build your resume. And I'll watch anything some people do. But now that I'm, now I'm also thinking about directors. It's like Jeremy Saulnier after uh, Blue Ruin, Green Room. I didn't really love Hold the Dark, but none of that matters. I'm going to watch every single thing he makes. I'd probably put Trey Edward Schultz in that that category too. Uh, Destin Daniel Cretton, as far as directors go, we already brought up Kelvin Harrison Jr. He can be in anything and I will watch it at this point. Uh, I'd probably put Lupita Nyong'o on that list. She And also, yeah. especially with the range of stuff she's capable of doing right now, because if I just stick to Lupita movies, I can guarantee that I'm going to get a little of everything. I actually have a better answer for, for this question. The answer uh, for me is Kevin Smith. I'm loyal to Kevin Smith. Okay. Kevin Smith has put out a lot of, of, of not a lot, but oh, you know, watched definitely the movie some where he became movies, a teacher but... to MMA fighter. You watched that movie too? Which one? The one he became like an MMA fighter for a minute. I don't remember. Yeah, yeah there's a was. Kevin Smith. No, not Kevin Smith. You're I think Kevin, Kevin James. James. Wrong Kevin. Wrong Kevin. Kevin Kevin. Wait, see. Here comes the boom. Actually, I may have seen it. Wait, Kevin Smith has bad movies. What movie is Kevin Smith? Like, like Yoga Hosers. Like Yoga Hosers was practically unwatchable. But I was, I was there uh, for Jane Silent Bob because I will see anything that Kevin does. All right. And he did, he did Tusk too, right? I love yeah, Tusk. I'm scarred for life from I Tusk. I Tusk. I still think uh, my it's sister will Tusk. not forgive me for making her watch Tusk. Uh, Jay, you ha- uh, Jeff, actually, you have an admirer in the... You have many admirers, but you have one specific one in the chat mm-hmm. right now. Stephanie Markell is saying, Jeff looking gorgeous as per usual... I think it's well, hello, the morning, Mrs. Tusk. I think it's the morning diet of goldfish that really bring, brings out the glow in your face. What? <laughs> the goldfish and bi bring out your skin tone. I know. Costa Rica Clementine. Thank you, Miss Markel. Here's a uh, question from Chris Robinson, who's asking: Are other entertainment options having larger effects on box office? For instance, will Disney Plus and a major game release like Jedi Fallen Order cause a lower box office take this weekend? I am very curious about that. Ooh. My answer is yes. That's a- uh, I do think that there will be enough people who stay in this weekend to, to just see what Disney Plus offers and fool around with that service that they will maybe skip going to the a movie that they might have gone to see. And it actually feels like Charlie's Angels uh, might be the, the victim of that. Yeah. I, th- I mean, I think it's... I think it's going to be every film that feels the effect of that. I said it in my box office predictions. I am just being super conservative with my numbers this week because I don't think there's enough money to go around for everything. I forgot about Jedi Fallen Order, and I realized I looked on Twitter this morning, and everybody was talking about it consistently between Twitter and Facebook. So, yeah, that's definitely going to take a hit this weekend. People will knock out Jedi Fallen Order this weekend. Then next weekend, it'll start to, you know, we've played the game already. Now mm-hmm. let's get out and do what we got to do. So, yeah. Whoops. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting weekend at the box office for sure. I got an FYC question now from Riley Jack, who wants to know, what performance this year did you think had Oscar potential but was quickly forgotten? I thought Zac Efron was going to be in the mix for playing Ted Bundy in Extremely Wicked. One of one of my favorite things about Gold Derby, I love Gold Derby. I am so honored to be a part of Gold Derby because I've been a fan for so long, but is watching the odds change from the very beginning of the year to the end because the odds are in the favor of typical awards package movies. And it's just so fascinating to me how many of those don't pan out. It's like The Good Liar, for example. Helen Mirren and Ian McKellen had some pretty good odds for a long, long time. And that is not an Oscar movie at all. I'm trying to think of movies earlier in the year. The Report. I think that would be my main answer to this question. Everybody left Sundance saying The Report is going all the way. I think they even might have not have added as many extra screenings because they were so confident that they got what they needed. The the Sundance bubble is real and it is terrifying um, because it's the same critics who seem to get caught up in the hype uh, every year at that festival. No, my answer is going to be the space movies. Uh, Brad Pitt and Ad Astra and Natalie Portman and Lucy in the Sky. Those are two performances that I expected to be in the mix around this time of year, and they are just definitely not. Yeah, because Ad Astra came and went. It was so hyped up, in a sense, and then after it it released, it was like, all right, let's move on to all these other movies that are about to come out. Yeah. That's literally how the hype for that one went. I I think the Sundance bubble does exist. It obviously does, but... 
I don't know. I feel like that's that's true of any festival. You have to be one of the few that really breaks out. It's like we've had a couple that actually do that. I just it's thought just about not, It's like The Farewell. The Farewell is a great example of a movie that had a very successful launch at Sundance and now, as a limited release, has a good chance sure, of getting the, into the conversation. That movie sold for five, right? And Late Night and, uh, all, and, and Blinded by the Light. All these other movies sold for 13, 14. I'm definitely and The not Farewell was the one that made spending. 20 and the other ones lost money. Well, yeah, I think that's a sign that that certain buyers should rethink their offers before spending crazy amounts of money mm. on a movie like that. Rocket Man, Taron Edgerton. Because remember, after what Rami Malek did in Bohemian Rhapsody, people were automatic. Before the movie had even released, people were throwing Taron Edgerton in there. They saw the trailer, and then a lot of people gave him high reviews and a lot of praise after the movie. And he was his name stayed in people's mouths because it was May. Because it was, no yeah. one had seen a good movie for uh, six <laughs> yeah. months. It was Taron Edgerton. Well, I mean, going back to uh, that time of year, I'd probably put Avengers Endgame on this list right now. It's like, yeah, we're still talking about it because Disney makes a lot of noise with their uh, with their website there, but. I don't know. I was so high on that one getting into so many categories. And I still think it's obviously going to get technical nominations, yeah. but I thought it was going to get into some of the like the big six even. And I, I've truly forgotten about it when making my predictions. I am an MCU fan. I cover this and knew Avengers Endgame would not get into the big six category. You know, well, when a, best, when a I'm movie sorry, becomes... Best picture, best picture possibly. But, yeah. the, but the actor, actress supporting either or that I didn't see. Director... The odds of them giving it to the roots, giving the Russos a nomination for that are slim. My that, big thing was was best picture. Yeah. I mean, you don't become the highest earning movie, movie yeah. of all time and not get a best picture nomination. But now I'm starting to think otherwise because now I'm hitting a point where I think other movies have a better chance to the point that like certain other ones that are above Endgame on my list don't even have room to get in. It's Ten slots for best picture, and every year we get stuck with nine. Every year they always do it. Isn't it just like the the odds of the way that process works out? Isn't it like less likely for there to be a full ten? It's it's all, it's all but impossible. Yeah, people think this could actually be the first year that it happens. Really, uh, with all the movies this year, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think mathematically, it's just very very unlikely. Yeah, I think it's more it's more about math than overall quality. Uh, here's a question from Samuel Mooser, who's asking. I just have Netflix and Disney Plus. Oh, he's telling us about his uh, streaming choices. Every time a new season of Game of Thrones came out, I would renew it. But when it ended, I would lose it. Same with Westworld. Oh, so he's got Netflix and Disney Plus, and he was just jumping in for HBO, I guess, for particular shows, which could be a thing, which is probably why it's a very good thing for Disney Plus right now that everybody is so into The Mandalorian. Hook hook them uh, early and quickly. Uh, Thelonious has a box. Oh, <laughs> no, this is never happening. Thelonious is asking us, can Charlie's Angels beat Ford v. Ferrari at the box office this weekend? No. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> it's never, ever going is, to happen. Why, that's not even a realm of possibility of the multiverse of happening in yeah. different universes. That's not going to happen. Charlie's Angels isn't just going to underperform. I just, I have a feeling it's going to severely underperform. But then when it does that, will that hurt Elizabeth Banks as a director? going forward no i don't i, I don't think yeah, i don't think, I don't think so but I, I think it could reflect poorly on making kristen stewart the lead in another like blockbuster particularly if underwater yeah. underperforms too in january two big studio movies back to back i get i guess so i don't know i look at it less as an issue for kristen stewart as a lead in a big movie like that and more as like stop stop with the reboots stop with bringing back franchises that there's not that much interest in i think it's gonna i think the failure of uh charlie's angels is gonna make you know the sony execs take a big step back and reassess what they're doing because between this being a failure and men in black international not launching another iteration of that franchise Mm -hmm. especially when you've got leads like tessa thompson and chris hemsworth it's like you got to rethink what you're doing there. You booked them as the leads because you saw their chemistry in the MCU and you figured that fan base was just going to automatically gravitate over. And they automatically were like, "Nah, I'm good." Well, that that has been proven time and time again with MCU actors who are the biggest of the big when a movie like Endgame comes out and then it's like just their starring mm-hmm. vehicle and it doesn't work. Yeah. Or at least it doesn't draw a crowd. It doesn't it draw could a still crowd. Work from a but you, with the reboots, also like Sony looking at that, and then you have uh, Dark Fate not doing well. Sony, and it's not, a, yeah. it's not a reboot directly, 
But you have these franchises that are people are not just like give us something new. Sony and Paramount are having a rough go. I just wish Paramount put all their resources this year behind Crawl because there was a great original movie that didn't make a lot of money because I don't think it was promoted enough. Sony's having a good year. Well, so yeah, Uh, yeah, for the most part, Sony's having a good year. I think it's just uh, the reboot busts. That yeah, seemed I mean, like a colossal waste of money definitely to definitely high me. profile. Charlie's Angels, though, is, it only costs like 50. 50, yeah. I, mean, the I thought that was mid-range. was definitely significant, but... I think, a, uh, I think Escape Room is their biggest hit of the year. <laughs> in um, my eyes, at least. No, they're having a good year, too, with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And they have a whole bunch of big releases coming out in the next couple of weeks that could have a very strong Oscar season for them. Hey, I'm with you on Escape Room. Escape Room was amazing. I can't wait for the second I did not one. expect Deborah Ann Woll to impress me that much she in the movie. She was amazing in that movie. Here's a question from Jonathan Caro, who wants to know, what are your favorite car movies or movie cars? Do you have a favorite car in a movie? Christine. I have to go with Christine. Of course, because it's a horror movie first and foremost. And I love love Stephen King. I love that book. My favorite car in a movie. I think my favorite car scene in a movie is the scream car scene when Nev Campbell is trying to hide in the car and the the locks are going up and down and then the trunk slowly Uh, comes up. I love that scene. Um, scene. I mean, I love Ryan Gosling and Drive, but he's got a couple of different cars, I feel like, in that movie. All I can picture is the jacket. (laughs) Yeah. New Jersey Drive was always one for me. It's a classic hood movie. Like it's it's a cult classic in the hood. The uh, station wagon in uh, in vacation. That's an iconic okay. one. That's a pretty iconic car. But if we're gonna go iconic, you got to do Gone in sixty seconds with car scenes and car movies in general. You have to talk. Garbage. But there's not. Is there one car that stands out in that one though? Eleanor. No. <laughs> I'm just thinking. But the Batmobile. The Batmobile is like one Which of the. One? The Batmobile the is one of the most me. iconic yeah, the uh, the cinematic cars. The Tumblr yeah. one for me. Hmm. Even the one in Batman Returns when it finally went up the walls, when Michael Keaton had the one where it went up the wall at the side of the building, that, that was Batman Returns, right? Yeah, I believe so. I'm trying to think of any other cards. I just out there. got this great cards poster that Jack wants me to bring into the office. It's the filmography of cars. Oh, really? And it's all these famous different cars uh, from like movies and, and television, like the, the Mystery Mobile from Scooby Doo, huh. things like that. Can you please bring that in? We'll I, have, I have to applaud Jeff. We got to get Mark Fernandez to, to pay for the framing. <laughs> so so much of the decoration in the office right now is because you have brought in a great supply of posters, and now I have a, a screen thank poster you, in you. my vicinity that I greatly How appreciate. How did you not think this one, Perry? I'm, I'm I'm sad you didn't think of this with one. with the Jeep in Jurassic Park. Yes. I've, it's iconic. I very seriously considered, I don't know if it would have the same effect, but putting some sort of Jurassic Park decal on my little Mini Cooper. <laughs> I kind of want it. Please do it. Dude, Should I? Do it. So technically, my Mini Cooper is the uh, Hulkbuster. The Hulkbuster. I put out a poll a couple years ago, and I think it That's, came... That was the it name? Was, it was either going to be the Hulkbuster or Mini Driver. That's funny. <laughs> mini Driver is funny. Do the decal from Jurassic Park. I liked uh, Stuntman Mike's car in Death Oh, yeah, Proof. Death Proof. That's a great okay, car. That's a great car. That's a great Medusa and Bellflower. Yeah. Oh my God! Not enough people talk about Bellflower. Yeah, it's a cool car. What a, it's a so cool it's car. Fernandez's office. I it's gave it to like him. A he won't cool, watch it. It's a cool movie too that not enough people saw. All right, let's get in another question here from MK Songbird, who wants to know: Does anyone know why The Lodge was pushed from a November fifteenth release today to February? Also, why do you think Neon doesn't receive the same accolades that A twenty four does? Personally, I think it's only a matter of time. Neon's great. If you, if you, I mean they. Look at my Twitter feed. They get the accolades. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'm a big neon guy. But uh, the lo- I don't think that this was maybe the right time of year for the Lodge. Maybe if it had come out in December. Maybe if it had come out a month earlier in October. But, yeah, Thanksgiving doesn't really seem like a good horror play for me. I don't know. I don't necessarily think that it's that I, I actually do wonder if it might have been a Disney Plus thing, just because it's not going to be a wide release. And I don't know, maybe maybe just with what's happening at the box office right now, they were worried about I think everybody just I just watched thirty one days of horror movies for October. Like you know, to, to I just it's, it's, it's like weird. People people need a refresher week. after a whole month of but horror. But you just said it. Disney Plus has scared a lot of people. This is its first weekend. Well, but they should still be afraid in February. I don't have the the February release calendar handy right now but i think uh the month of february is one horror movie after the next oh, yeah, every we did. We'll talk about single the, yeah. weekend 
Yeah, we did talk about that before on here. The fact it February was the lo- the Lodge Fantasy Island. Um, Wait, uh, Fantasy Island is a horror movie. Fantasy, yeah. yeah. Did you not watch that? You should watch that. I trailer. didn't watch the trailer. I just like I like I that don't, trailer. Wait, <laughs> Fantasy Island is a horror. But I'm pretty sure that the four movies are Fantasy Island, The Lodge, Invisible Man, and I'm missing one, and I can't remember what it is. See, I'll find it. But that's that is a lot of back to back horror for one month, as far as box office goes, and I. I think that Brahms, uh, the boy too. I can't with that. <laughs> I am forcing myself to watch for real that first the boy movie and see the entire. So bad. Deep down, I know it's bad, but technically, I fell asleep for like eighty percent of it, so I should but, go but and watch the, it. The, the, the cast is an upgrade this time around. Yeah, I was going to try to find out the movies in February on Box Office Mojo, but it's oh, updating. He, he already got it. Oh, okay. He already so got it. It, it those took are, longer those are, than it should have, though. Box Office Mojo. Yeah. Okay. I, I can't. I, yeah, I just I want to have a whole panel topic about box office mojo because I try I really I try so hard to keep an open mind because I know updates are necessary. You got to keep re, you know refreshing things and sometimes the best business model isn't just sticking with no, what works. But I had a moment the other day where I was working on my predictions and I'm like, you know what? Like I give up. I just can't. You can't even sort by studio. No, nice. you can, you can't sort by studio. There. Yeah, there are so many features though, or at least. Uh, it's like the navigational map is not nearly the same, and it makes it very <clears throat> difficult to compare releases, very difficult to go back in time and look at certain things. I'm, I'm very, very frustrated. Wait, we, have, we have some breaking news here. This is Please exciting. Clive Owen oh. to play Bill Clinton in, a, in the American Crime Story impeachment uh, about Monica Lewinsky. Wow. <sighs> okay. Clive Owen and Beanie Feldstein. That is a is weird it, pairing. That is a, that's a, a, a pairing I never thought that I would hear, but uh, Clive Owen's great. Beanie Feldstein's great. I'm sure they're going to do a great job. Wow. Three greats, okay. just like Netflix. Great, great, great. All right. I think that's our, uh, our cue to exit. Thank you guys so much for spending your Friday morning with us. Jeff, Jay, thank you for being here. I hope you both have a wonderful weekend. Thank you. Same to you, Adam in the booth, Adam in the live chat today. You guys rock. I always appreciate your help and hard work. To everybody out there, thank you for sharing a week of movie talk with us. I hope you come back next week. I will be here on Monday, and then, uh, God help you all, you are back in the hands of John Roca, who is returning to the show, and he will be hosting a good deal of the shows <laughs> next week. <laughs> God help you all. Roca's coming back. No, I'm just messing. I'm just, know, like? I'm just poking him. He's wonderful. Roca's going to do a Roca. great job. We, we, miss no, we really John. did. We haven't had him in the office all week. It feels like there's there's something People missing. People are wondering. The like, did Roca get fired? No. No. Roca's out of the office for a very, very good reason, and I hope he is enjoying every second of it. Guys, thank you so much for watching. Like and share this episode, and head on over to the Collider Live YouTube channel because that show kicks off at 10 a.m. PT. Roca, you're fired. Napa know-how. Get all the quality parts you need at your locally owned Napa. Because right now, when you order from Napa online, you can pick up curbside at your local store in just 30 minutes. Or get your order delivered direct to your door with free one-day shipping and over 160,000 quality parts when you spend $35 or more. Quality parts delivered quickly and safely. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating stores, standard ground shipping and exclusions apply. What's up? It's Kevin Hart. And with new rewards from Chase Freedom Unlimited, I now earn even more cash back, even on a beach getaway. I earn 3% of drugstores on beach snacks. Hmm, these chips have some saying on them. I earn 3% on dining, including takeout, after Seagull eats all my chips. And I earn 5% on travel purchased through Chase, like a hotel room to hide from that Seagull. Learn more at ChaseFreedom.com. Chase, make more of what's yours. Account subject to credit approval. Restrictions, limitations apply. Offer subject to change. Cards are issued by JPMorgan Chase Bank and a member FDIC.